Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. You know, perhaps we were given a clue last September. In the month of September for the 2018 NFL regular season, there were more 400-yard passing games than in the entire 2017 season. Offense is the new rage, the shiny new toy. You know, Don Coriel must be spinning in his grave. On this, the final weekend before the Super Bowl, we've got the top four offenses in the league. And we should have some glorious battles tomorrow, some real sensational highlights before the close of business on Sunday. And to those of you who doubted me about the Patriots, and you know who you are, know this. The Pats are merely one goofy schoolyard play by the Dolphins away from actually hosting tomorrow's game versus Kansas City. But what does Bill Belichick bring into Airhead that no remaining team in the tournament has? You guessed it, a top 10 defense to match the robust offense. And while the Chiefs will bring the only other unit to score more than 420 points this season into Sunday's contest, along with Tom Brady and company, the Chiefs, well, they work with a defense that's 31st against the pass and 27th against the run. And on that note, welcome back to another edition of Straight Out of Vegas. R.J. Bell is out and about. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Now, this is the weekend edition of Straight Out of Vegas. 
As you know, straight out of Vegas, there's Monday through Friday right here on Fox Sports Radio, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM83 from 3 to 6 Pacific, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern with R.J. Bell, Steve Fezzik, Brad Powers, and Jonas Knox. Every day, they take you behind the scenes. Solid commentary, great insights on the world of sports betting, and you can benefit from their years of expertise. Saturday, our Saturday edition of Straight Out of Vegas, we look back at the best of. We take another look at some of the best takes of the week and analyses from the previous week so you can enjoy them again. Here's the best thing about this concept. Each of these best of takes, they're designed to look ahead to tomorrow. So during the week, the guys devote five hours. They provide the finest content. The weekends, we distill it down to the best hour. Of course, I'll add my own inflection as well because I live in Las Vegas too. And I've been privy to these guys and their know-how for many years. So join us every Saturday night, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern. Yep, we want you along for the ride. This is Straight Out of Vegas. The pregame show you always wanted. Now, we got a special treat tonight. We're joined by weekday Straight Out of Vegas co-host Brad Powers. And actually, we're going to devote the first segment tonight entirely to college basketball. Brad is one of the most respected analysts in the country. And as you've often heard RJ refer to him during the week as, quote, the man with the college knowledge. He'll be dropping a lot of that here in just a minute. Of course, tonight we continue with our 10-second feature, While You Were Sleeping, with our own Sleepy Jay. See, while you're sleeping, look, the Straight out of Vegas staff, we never sleep, man. They're looking for ways 24-7 to distress your bookie, to impress your friends. You get the drill. If you listened last week, Sleepy gave you the uh, pick KC over Indianapolis. Okay, again, tonight at the bottom of the hour, once again, I'll take you inside the Fratto House for my weekly commentary. Very simply, tonight we're going to tackle a simple question. You heard Tom Brady's rant last week on the sideline when he said, I know you all think we suck, so here's the question. Are the New England Patriots the Roddy Dangerfield of the NFL? Hold that thought. We'll We'll address that at the bottom of the hour in this week's Inside the Fratto House. Brad, as this weekend's experience versus youth continues, Pacquiao has already beaten Adrian Broner, and tomorrow we'll have a couple of 40-year-old quarterbacks against a couple of young whippersnappers. But before we get to that, the fans are in for a treat tonight because very few folks have I talked to that are walking computer when it comes to college basketball. And right on cue, both undefeateds go down today. Let's head to uh, Chapel Hill where Duke knocks off Virginia, but Virginia backers cashed. Yeah, Virginia backers did definitely cash, and that's what all that matters here straight out of Vegas, Bernie. So let me set the the framework for you here. Duke pretty much controlled most of the game. We're mostly leading throughout, not by much, basically right around the spread. The spread on the game has Duke favored by three and a half points. Bernie, that usually means that on a neutral court, that these two teams are relatively even. That says a lot considering Duke's playing without their point guard, Trey Jones. So when you consider that, you give three and a half points of home court advantage. Duke's a three and a half point favorite. So here's what happens in the final 10 seconds of the game. Virginia's at the free throw line. They make both of their free throws. They foul. Virginia does. Duke. Duke makes one out of two free throws. So at that time, with eight seconds left, Duke is up four. Duke back laying three and a half, feeling pretty good. Virginia loses the ball. It's out near midcourt. They throw it. And what we would call, in most cases, a meaningless two-point shot at the buzzer (laughs) that allows Virginia to only lose the game by two allows any Virginia backer to win plus three and a half. 
thousands upon thousands, hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of dollars changed hands, Bernie, because that game today in Chapel Hill was arguably the biggest game of the college basketball season so far. So Virginia suffers their first loss of the year, Brad. Uh, Coming into the game, 12 straight ACC Conference road wins. What's your takeaway in terms of Virginia looking ahead? We all know the Maryland-Baltimore County loss last year sticks in their craw. They no longer have Malcolm Brogdon, but this is one of the best Tony Bennett offenses I've seen in a while. Looking ahead, do you project them as a Final Four possible you know, arrival? They're a contender. But I have my doubts okay. because, again, when a lot of these other teams, the youthful teams like Duke, when they get fully healthy, Kentucky is starting to make some strides now, their youthful roster, they all have that extra gear in March, something that I haven't seen Virginia have the last five years. True. I, I really like Virginia. I think they're a clearly top five power rated team. And I'll be on Virginia more often than not. Why, Bernie? Last five years, if you just blindly bet on Virginia in every single game, you'd be hitting 62%. 62% against the spread. No different this year with that cover today. Virginia's 14-3 and against the number. Except for today when points were in bunches. I got to believe they've been a pretty good underbet, too, with that defense. Uh, Absolutely. So, I mean, what Virginia's style of play hasn't changed too much. They basically are like a boa constrictor. They just squeeze you, squeeze the life right out of you. And a lot of times you look up at a game, it looks ugly with Virginia. They're laying 10 points at the Cavs and they're up five, it's 30 to 25. And then you blink and it's 42 to 25. Let's talk about the other team that went down today, Brad. Uh, Michigan travels to the Cole Center in Wisconsin where they're actually two and 14, their last 16 trips there. They go down, they go down by double digits. They do. They lose. Michigan loses by 10. So the big story there, this was a Michigan team that had won 27 consecutive regular season games. In fact, their only loss in their last 33 games coming into today, national championship game against Villanova last year. So it was a 32-1 and run. But you're going to see a lot of people say, hey, big upset. Unranked Wisconsin beats a top three Michigan team. You know what the line on the game was on that one, Bernie? Three points. Michigan was only a three-point road favorite. Right. If you wanted to bet Wisconsin to win the game, plus 150. So 100 bucks wins you 150. About a 40% chance coming in the game that Wisconsin had to win it outright. That's what you hear from pros. It's all about winning long-term and getting positive EV. We're going to get to that later. Brad, real quickly, let's stay in Michigan for just a second. They visit Indiana next Friday. I'm guessing that line's going to be 2-3 as well, Michigan being a short favorite on the road. I don't know. I'll defer to you. Yep. But Archie Miller... In his tenure at Indiana, 6-0 is a home dog against Big Ten competition. Now, that's a strong stat there. And you wonder how Michigan, after they've been holding on to this unbeaten streak, a lot of times what I've seen is one loss sometimes turns into two. And I'll be yes. quite frank. Even though Michigan came in unbeaten today, they're not the best team in the Big Ten. The best team right now in the Big Ten is Michigan State. Yes. That's really surging. Last 11 games, the Spartans 11-0 straight up, 10-1 and against the number. So, actually, we'll talk about this at the end of the show real quickly. That might be one of my best bets of the week next week to fade Michigan. Part of the reason there's some real trends, including that the game before the Ohio State game, Michigan has a habit of not covering in the Mm. Ohio State after Indiana. Let's spend a few minutes here, Brad, and kind of a lightning round. I want to hit you with some teams in terms of whether or not they're pretenders or contenders. 
This Nevada team, they're ranked 10th. They've been a constant overlay. They lay 21 and a half tonight against Air Force. Never had a chance of covering. Trail at the half. Laid seven the other night at Boise. Almost lost the game all right. We know the game they lost. They were laying 14 and a half at the pit in New Mexico. Lost outright. A huge overlay. I guess what I'm getting at is when you fast forward to March, they were a Sweet 16 team last year. Are they for real, Brad? I, I think they are. I, I think we talked pre-show, you know, what's Nevada's problem. I think you mentioned it. I think boredom a little bit. Nevada is so far superior to anyone else. In my power ranks, I have Nevada close to where they are in, in the polls. I have Nevada 12. So it's not like I've downgraded them too much. On a neutral floor, they're probably six, seven points better than anybody else in their own conference. This time of year, a lot of times with experienced teams, look, there's more out for them at the end of the season. I really like the experience factor. This is a team that returned almost everyone from last year. Yeah, That experience they got going in the Sweet 16, I think will bode well for them this year. Yep, a couple of big wins over Texas and Cincinnati, and they earned those wins. I agree they play great defense, well coached by Eric Musselman. One of the other bugaboos, they don't shoot threes real well. So we'll see if that shows up. All right, let's bounce around a bit. I want to talk about the Pac-12, a conference I can't figure out. It's like one flew over the cuckoo's <laughs> nest. Look, UCLA, you lose to Belmont, you lose to Liberty, then you lose your coach. Oregon loses Bull Bull. Uh, Arizona State's showing some flashes. Utah's down. Who is going to emerge out of that conference, Brad? Because it's an automatic big conference. <laughs> yeah, an automatic big conference is right. So similar to college football, the Pac-12 really bringing up the rear when it comes to the major conferences. I do not have a single, not a single Pac-12 team right now in my top 40. The team that is surging, though, keep an eye on the Washington Huskies. They got a coach that's starting to develop. He comes from Syracuse. They run his zone. Yep. And they're a team that's been winning and covering the spread. Had a laid a big number today. 17 and a half against Cal and hung it. And hung it and yep. won it. Yep. yep, they did. Hung it late, but, but to your point, they hung it. Uh, Gonzaga. An interesting team. Uh, look, two years ago, they got to the final game, fell to North Carolina. Do you see the same kind of on-floor talent that team had two years ago? <sighs> it's tough because they haven't. Gonzaga hasn't been 100% healthy this whole season. They're close to that team, and we've seen it. They're the only team, One of the only teams to beat Duke this year was Gonzaga. They hung in there in a Tennessee game that came down to the final seconds. Tennessee's a top-five clear-cut uh, team, and, and also their only other loss, Gonzaga, was to North Carolina on the road. So I see it, and, and here's also where I see it, Bernie. Gonzaga, even though they're laying like 20, 25 points in a lot of these games, they're 14-5 and five against the spread so far this Laid year. They 27 on the road tonight at Portland State. They didn't cover. Can you imagine that? Yeah. How do you do that? Let's go to the SEC, known for football, but I got to tell you, Brad, they get my respect in basketball. You mentioned Tennessee, and I think you made a great case before the show. They are the real deal. A lot of athletic teams in that conference, Auburn, Kentucky, Georgia, night in, night out, they're getting tested. They are, and the the SEC made a commitment about four or five years ago to up. The, 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 basically, what happened, the SEC commissioner sat down, all the athletic directors, and they wanted to put more of an emphasis on basketball. They were tired of football having to carry the weight in that conference all year long. Still does, the majority, but what the SEC did, went out and hired a bunch of good coaches. And guess what? Yes, Rick Barnes did. Rick yes. Barnes is a really good coach, and now you're starting to see, now it's year three, four, his recruits are coming in there, and uh, you know Tennessee clear-cut the best team right now, but don't look now. The Kentucky Wildcats starting to search a big road win at Auburn earlier today. Big 12, give me a quick one down there. Uh, you know, you got to start a little bit with Kansas, even sure. though they lost today. Kansas right. has won 14 straight regular season titles. 
A lot of competition, though. Teams like Texas Tech, Iowa State surging. Kansas State's now healthy with Wade coming back at center. Very competitive Kansas. Unlike most of this run here the last decade, not the runaway favorite. Talk about Texas Tech with Chris Beard. Can they make some noise? Uh, they are on the defensive side of the ball. Now, they yeah. haven't been covering a lot of numbers. It's tough to lay some points. They're coming off a loss against Iowa State at home earlier this week. They can. Chris Beard's a fine coach. Oh, my coach. God. I had them plus nine and a half against Duke. I thought I had a cash the whole way until the end. Remember that game? Oh, yeah. Duke on that number. But Chris Beard has proven, Brad, like you said, uh, great coach, and he keeps them competitive no matter who they take the floor with. Final thought, any at-large teams, any lesser conferences that you know stick out to you, you know, are there any Cleveland states lurking out there? Uh, similar region of the country, the Buffalo Bulls yes. made some noise last year beating Arizona in the NCAA tournament. A one-loss team right now. I have the Buffalo power rate in the top 20. Great stuff, Brad. As we head towards March Madness, we'll hope to get Brad on when his schedule permits uh, between now and, you know, as we head toward that time of the year and we wind down with the NFL and it, we're in that uh, transition period. He is Brad Powers. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted, so don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. Straight Out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's like very of all slow. The, of all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex-
National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. We are back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. And we want to remind you, Straight Out of Vegas is brought to you by Discover. Get your free credit scorecard today. Even if you're not a Discover customer, it includes your FICO credit score. And checking your scorecard won't hurt your credit. Learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitations apply. Fortunate to be joined by Brad Powers tonight. Not just a man with the college knowledge, finished fourth in the prestigious Golden Nugget Contest, 68%, 308 entries, Brad finished fourth. Brad, here we are, the four best teams, the four highest seeds, the four top offenses. And in this first cut, RJ details the reason why these are the four best teams, and he even lists teams who were eliminated who might have been considered to be in the top four, but they're not. Fezzik also points out, the power rating metric as well to support their case while surmising future lines based on who advances to the Super Bowl. Let's have a listen. These are the four best teams in football. I mean, at various points, you could have debated the Chargers were on that list of the top four. Maybe New England wasn't. Uh, you could have debated the Bears, I think, at certain points. But as of today, it seems to me you'd really struggle to make the case that these aren't the four best teams. They are my four best teams, absolutely, and they're all within half a point of each other, RJ, in my power ratings. Which means that whoever wins these games, we're looking at a pick Super Bowl, maybe one team favored by one, maybe another team favored by one. I'd be shocked, no matter what the matchup is, if any team is even a field goal favorite in the Super Bowl. I would be shocked as well. Brad, it's hard to argue. You've got one and two and one and two in each conference. you got the top four offenses, but only one team brings the top ten defense. And by the way, this is the first time Tom Brady and company have been an underdog in 67 games. It is, and that's always scary when you're looking to possibly go against New England in that rare underdog role. Very motivated. I can't wait to hear uh, your take on that at the bottom of the hour here, Bernie. But it makes sense. We have something called here in Vegas some look-ahead lines. A couple of casinos have put out possible Super Bowl matchups, and they have come out. None of those games are three-point lines. We have a bunch of games that are either pick or one team's favored by one, so the market agrees with the boys. And, of course, Kansas City has been the darling this year. And in this next cut, R.J. and Fezzik, they sort of give a dissertation about offense versus defense and how they evaluate both sides of the ball. And R.J. points out that while statistically the Chiefs do not rank well, they still have the ability to impact the game in certain other ways defensively that don't exactly show up in the box score. Meanwhile, on offense, while it's true Kansas City lost one of its prolific playmakers, they still have plenty of weapons to wreak havoc. And Fezzik points out the challenges they impose on opposing teams and why. Let's give it a listen. Kansas City the whole year, I think, has had a defense that isn't going to be statistically good, but they're impactful. As in, they can make a strip sack, they can get a sack. You know, like you said, the pressure is one of their stronger suits. I wouldn't say very good, but stronger suits. And if you can score as much as they can score, the theory is you get one or two stops a half, you're fine. You're probably going to win the game, especially if it's an impact play. It seems like we saw that in action here. Would you agree with that? Yes. So Kansas City, positive, impactful plays on defense. 
On the other hand, I agree with you. In the prior seven games for Kansas City, they've only covered one time. And one of the reasons we thought was Kareem Hunt's absence. You're saying now you've seen enough that Williams is telling you, hey, not much difference with him and Hunt. Exactly. And then you're saying, hey, they added another playmaker. Watkins is back, and Hill, who has been hobbled, look 100%. So in a way, you improved your second or third receiver, whatever you want to call Watkins, and your number one receiver is better than you thought he might be because there was uncertainty about injuries. Exactly right. So now that you've got really three great skill position players running around with Kelsey out there, with Hill, with Watkins, you can't cover all of them very difficult. Brad, I'm a little conflicted. The Chiefs have scored 30 points or more 13 times this season. Belichick's only given up 40 points seven times in his career. Three times it was, it was against Andy Reid. However, I found a stat, Brad. Since the inception of the AFC-NFC uh, championship round games since 1970, they've played 96 of those. The higher-ranked defense... 60 and 32 against the spread. Your thoughts? Ooh, 60 and 32 against the number. I'm going to agree with you. I think historically speaking, this time of year, what have we always wanted this time of year? We've heard the old adage, defense wins championships. And I think that rang true in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s. But I'm here to tell you, Bernie, 2018, I think offense is what wins you championships more than defenses because of the rule changes. You're right. That you know, it's evidenced by the final four teams we have. Uh, Brad, the home road dichotomy for the Patriots, it's glaring. They're nine and zero at home this year, three and five on the road. We've heard them all. They give up more points, they score more points, the whole deal. And in his play in this, you know, his career. Brady, twenty three at home, three and four on the road, same situation, lower QBR rating. Does this rear its head tomorrow or do you have to throw it out? It's a one game affair. Uh, no, I think it does because it, it's not only a one-year sample size, even though it's really d- disparate this year. I would argue it's the most disparate in the entire NFL. Let's look at the entire career of Tom Brady. Playoffs, home away, home, 46 touchdowns, 18 picks away from home, only eight touchdowns, eight interceptions, no wins in the playoffs on the road since 2007. Take a quick look at the earlier game tomorrow. And the Saints and their offensive concerns in recent weeks. And in this cut, RJ raises a key concern that one might acquire about the Saints when you reverse engineer the relative performance of their offensive unit when you compare early in the season versus late in the year. RJ even delves into the home road comparisons. Now, he cites specific evidence against the same opponent in terms of variance of effectiveness and wonders if these clues had been there all along. Let's give it a listen. The key question with the Saints last week was, if you look at their last end of the season, even the non-Breeze game, and just divided up their points per game, boy, it looked like there was a huge drop-off on offense. But then if you dug deeper, that if you look at the home games with Breeze, and the last game didn't count with Bridgewater, Steelers, it was like 31. And then if you went back five games all the way to the Browns game, which was the second game of the season, the Saints were averaging like almost 40 points a game. So it's like, was it the fact that the Saints' D offense got worse later in the year, or was it the fact that they're just naturally worse on the road, the Saints' offense, and now they're home, they're going to be fine? You're making an interesting point. This is an Eagles team that's no better on defense than they were when the Saints put up 48 against them. The idea they're only putting up 20 now 
against pretty much the same defense, and you could make the case a little less of a D because of those injuries during the game on the D-line. Now you got to wonder, this was at home. First time this season under 30 points at home. Does it reinforce that maybe we were relying too much on the home results and we should have looked at all these results and say something's wrong with the Saints' D? Drew Brees and Sean Payton, 6-0 at home in the playoffs in their tenure. Brees, 14 touchdowns, two interceptions with a QBR of 114 at home. Match that up against the Rams' pass D that ranks 25th or lower or worse against yards per play, pass touchdowns per game, and, of course, 20-yard-plus chunk plays. We've got so much more to get to. We've got weather. We've got Drew Brees' health concerns. We've got more of the matchups, best bets. And on the other side, we've got my Inside the Fratto House commentary tonight. We asked the question, is Roddy Dangerfield, excuse me, are the Patriots the Roddy Dangerfield of the NFL? But first... Let's go to the dual sit tones of Brian Finley with the latest. Hey, hey, Bernie. Thank you so much, man. The WBA welter title returns to Manny Pacquiao on Saturday, winning by unanimous decision against Adrian Broner. Meantime, Henry Cahuto makes quick work of TJ Dillashaw, only 32 seconds to be exact, to reclaim the flyweight title at UFC Brooklyn on Saturday night. Also at that event, Greg Hardy got disqualified for an illegal kick versus Alan Crowder. For Hardy, this is nothing new. He's been breaking the law his whole life. NBA Saturday night, the Lakers come undone against the Rockets. Stevenson a leaning long three off the front of the rim. The game is over and the Rockets have officially completed a miraculous comeback. And they beat the Lakers in overtime after trailing by as many as 21. The final score, Houston 138, Los Angeles 134. Rockets Radio Network, James Harden finished with 48 points. He's had at least 30 in 19 straight games. Only one game shy of a record set by Wilt Chamberlain. Lakers' Lonzo Ball left the game with a sprained ankle. X-rays, though, were negative. One other score out of the NBA on Saturday. The Nuggets run past the Cavs, 124-102. Cleveland is now a flattering 9-37 on the season. Hey, online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car, so visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. And of course, the NFL postseason picking back up on Sunday as Bernie is discussing in the NFC Championship, the Rams at the Saints at 305 Eastern, then the Patriots head-to-head with the Chiefs at 640 Eastern in the AFC title game. Bernie, back to you, my friend. Hey, Brian, eight straight championship games, AFC championship games, and the Pats get no respect. Are they the Rodney Dangerfield of the NFL? I think fans are sick, many of them, of one repeated winner. I think people like a change, and I just think that there's an overall sense of just, can we have somebody new? So I think it's more (laughs) of just a disgruntled feeling of, they're just sick of them as opposed to anything else. All right. Fair enough. Vince, how about you? What are your thoughts? I would say they are the Rodney Dangerfield, but it's by people that either don't get what they're seeing as one of the greatest things in the history of the sport or don't want to get that what they're seeing is one of the greatest things that you're seeing in the history of sports, especially the NFL. 
Right. All right. And on that note, wake the kids, alert the neighbors, grandpa put on pants. Time for another rousing edition of Inside the Frater House. I ask you the question, are the Pats the Roddy Dangerfield of the NFL? Hold that thought. Now, in many ways, I'm a simple guy. Hell, I had a Lunchables for dinner last night. And I live by two simple rules. I never insult anybody who's got a loaded gun pointed at my face. And I never, I never bet against the New England Patriots. To the groupthink echo chamber who's been telling me since week three the Pats would run into a thud ending this year. How'd that work on for you? Or that Tom Brady was too old. How'd that pan out for you? The hate and vitriol of the New England Patriots is so vehement. It's become laughable. The joke is on you. When people talk about the greatest teams of all time, folks, well, they're quick to mention the Steelers of the 70s, the Niners of the 80s, the Cowboys, uh, excuse me, the Steelers of the 70s, the Niners of the 80s, yes, and the Cowboys of the 90s. But even if they talk about the Patriots of this millennium, they can't do it without marginalizing their accomplishments. Sure, they've won five Super Bowls, but they lost three. The Niners never did that. Oh, sure, they've been to eight Super Bowls, but they cheated. They put air in footballs, magically made them invincible. And oh, yeah, man, remember the Spygate? Yeah, we got you now. Mention the greatest coaches? You may or may not hear Belichick. Yep, the echo chamber hates him, too. Now, many people listening to me right now hate the Patriots. You know who you are. Don't act like you don't. And that's your right. But when pressed, I never seem to really get a cogent answer as to why. The only real question, are the Patriots simply the Rodney Dangerfield of the NFL? You remember Rodney Dangerfield. Hey, I get no respect. I called my psychiatrist the other day. I told him I was suicidal. He said, from now on, you pay in advance. I get no respect. Now, I got a theory as to why, but it's too simplistic. See, in today's look at me, roaring round of applause for me society, let's take a selfie, how important, look at me. The Patriots, well, they're just the opposite. They don't want your love and admiration. They just want to win. To a man and his teammates, they're focused on their obligations and responsibilities. Meanwhile, plenty of other folks, I'm not going to mention names, Le'Veon Bell, they want to focus on their rights and privileges. Make no mistake, Bell might be the best running back in the NFL, but I digress. The other reason I think people hate the Patriots is because I honestly feel people are jealous and envious of their success. This is a success that spans 17 years in the salary cap era. It's unheard of for many people. When someone else does that well, they become threatened. It forces them to look in the mirror and ask themselves if they measure up. Make no mistake, envy and jealousy are very real. They have deep biological roots. Perhaps they feel their power is seeping away. So what's the most natural thing to do? Besmirch their accomplishments. In other words, you get your power back by trying to steal theirs. Now look, I'm just spitballing here. I'm not a psychologist. I've said many times it's against the law to practice psychology without a license. But I have an opinion, and I'm paid to have opinions. And by the way, I don't mean to offend anyone by invoking Le'Veon Bell. He'll get paid. He deserves to be paid. But did he go about it the right way? No. You see, Le'Veon Bell put himself before his team. Ask the Pittsburgh Steelers how they feel about that. Le'Veon Bell won't be playing tomorrow. Neither will the Steelers. But the New, England's, New England Patriots will be. Because to a man, the Pats are focused on team, not themselves. There's an old saying, a star may win you one game, but a team might win them all. As far as their star quarterback, Tom Brady... Remember the guy who told me he was washed up and would collapse with a thud this year? Well, when it comes to describing him, perhaps Toby Keith said it best, and I think this might be the best way to describe Brady. Think about this tomorrow. I'm not as good as I once was, but once I'm as good as I ever was. Yes, the New England Patriots, they are the NFL's version of Ronnie Dangerfield. They get no respect, but they don't care. I will not be betting against the Pats tomorrow, but you can if you want to. Most of you have been doing it all year. How's that been working out for you? Brad, let's look ahead. The Pat scheme and coin toss 
You and RJ had an interesting take about that this week. RJ talked about the gamesmanship Belichick employed last week right from the coin toss and how his decision really underscored the confidence he had in his offense. Meanwhile, Brad, you had a nice take here. You underscored that decision with some specific data to support Bill Belichick's strategy. Let's have a listen. Belichick is the genius. The Patriots taking the ball. And we thought, well, what could this be? And we were just kind of brainstorming. So the conclusion we've come up with, that Belichick felt so confident schematically against his defense, against the Chargers D, that he wanted to step on their throat early and get the ball, saying maybe at halftime they could make adjustments. We want to get as many first-half possessions because we think we have the superior game plan. Brad, you had the stat that four straight touchdowns and how rare that was. Yeah, the research department here at pregame came up with this one. First time in 15 years a playoff team scored touchdowns on their first four possessions. Brad, the Pats are 98-8 when they score first. Yeah, at home though, Bernie. That's at home. So keep that in mind. This one's an arrowhead. So a little bit different story with the Pats there. We kind of talked about this off-air uh do you expect the Pats to get the ball first? I mean, let's say well, let's say Andy Reid wins a toss. Will he defer? What are your thoughts? You know, obviously it worked for, for Bill Belichick to take the ball last week, but traditionally, I would say 39 times out of 40, he defers and takes the ball in the second half. I'll go with the 39 out of 40 than, than the one outlier. Good stuff, Brad. I appreciate it. By the way, before we go any further, I want to thank my broadcast team back in L.A., Iowa Sam, Vince Close, and Brian Finley. Great job, guys, helping us put this show together, turning all the dials, keeping us glued together. And by the way, we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. This is a pregame show you always wanted. So don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. We're back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. We've been joined tonight by Brad Powers and, of course, our man Sleepy Jay who does so much work here behind the scenes. We Believe me, we would not be on the air without Sleepy Jay, and you've heard him over the weeks giving his Why You Were Sleeping picks. Tonight, he's handling some other duties, but there'll be more of that in the future. By the way, great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Brad, in this next cut... Let's talk weather. Now, before this last week, hell, I thought uh, an Arctic blast was a menu item at Dairy Queen. But all we hear about is the Arctic blast. Well, RJ adds a dose of reality. When it comes to assuming that cold weather will cause a game to veer toward a typical result, and that is not always the case, let's give it a listen. So what we have seen historically is whenever it gets below 32, because everyone loves handicapping data that's objective. Like, there's so much we're just grasping for facts and rationale and things that make sense. But when you get something as clean as, boy, it's going to be cold, it's going to be tough to catch that ball. I remember sometimes I go out when it's cold and I have trouble opening up my car. You know, that <laughs> everyone can kind of relate to that. And what happens is there's an overreaction. If you look at the NFL games since 2000, so almost 20 years, and the temperature is from 20 to 32, so freezing, below freezing to 20, 
more overs than unders. But that doesn't mean that the cold weather helps scoring. It means the adjustment down is too much. Then if you look at from 10 degrees to 19 degrees, now that's the teens, baby. That is cold. The overs are almost 60%. People look and say, man, it's super cold. I'm going under. Well, it goes over 60%. But what we uncovered was when it's 9 degrees, single digits, and down into the negatives, it was two overs, nine under. Small sample size, but boy, two to nine is pretty extreme. So it's one of those situations where it doesn't really affect you all that much, doesn't? And then it's like, wow, it's so cold, you're having trouble breathing. Brad, at halftime last week at the Pats game, the Westgate posted a total of 59 and a half. It was immediately steamed down to 57 and a half. But at that time, we thought it was going to be like 11 degrees. But even then, Brad, since 1993, there have been 11 games played when the temperature was under 15 degrees. It's 7-4 and four of the over. Talk about that, Brad. Cold weather doesn't necessarily mean less offense. Uh, no, it doesn't. Uh, well, what usually happens, though, Bernie, is there's an overreaction to it. And so, you know, maybe there we a little bit more unders uh, as far as that. But what we see the betting market do is drive the line down four, five, six points. Yes. And I'm wondering how many of those games would have actually went, you know, under the total at the opening line Very compared good point. to the closing line. Very good point. So we've seen this line go from 59 and a half. I saw as low as 54 and a half at CG Technology. You're seeing it rise again because the temperature rises. But I'm starting to wonder, Brad, and this is why I like having the pros in here, have the syndicates manipulated this so they get themselves a nice middle tomorrow? Mm, it could possibly be. Uh, I'll say this. It's tough going under the total when you've seen these two teams play earlier this season in a 43-40 shootout. Absolutely. And I can't get my mind around the fact that the Chiefs still own the 31st-ranked defense against the pass and 27th against the run. They're the only two teams remaining, Brad, that scored north of 420 points this year. They're on the same field tomorrow. Should be fun. One other topic of conversation this week that was prevalent was Drew Brees and his health. RJ asked a very interesting question in this cut that frankly was on some folks' mind about how is Drew Brees feeling heading into Sunday. He's 40. And depending on the answer, that may determine which side RJ might fire on. Let's give it a listen. Is Drew Brees 100% physically? If he is, I love the Saints. If he isn't, I got to pass the game. Because obviously one game without Breeze, and then obviously they had three straight road games starting with that Cowboy game, and then they put up 31 against the Steelers. So the only home game they played after that Dallas defeat where they got beat by Dallas when Breeze started was the Steelers. They put up 31 in a very hotly contested game. The thing that troubles me is at home against the Eagles, they only put up 20. And to me, the rationale is maybe Breeze is less than 100%. Brad, Breeze made two underthrows, which would have been touchdowns. However, just like before at the beginning of the season when they came out rusty, neither Breeze nor his offense had played in three weeks when you had the bye week plus the fact that they took week 17 day off. So is that why? Is the Saints offense out of sync and rusty because of the time off? Or do we have an issue with Breeze? 
Well, a bigger sample size says we have an issue mm -hmm. than just last week. First 11 games, Saints offense averages 37 points per game. Last six games, now one of those games in there is a Bridgewater game, Saints offense only averaging 19 points per game. And I get it, there might have been some rust last week, but if they can't take advantage of a banged-up Eagles secondary, an Eagles team they put up 48 earlier this season, to me, there does look like something's wrong with Breeze. It's a great point. Let's fast forward. We've got about three minutes in the show Let's get to best bets. Brad, let's start with you. Do you have a best bet uh, tomorrow? I'm going to go under in the NFC Championship game. So total yep. points scored between the Rams and the Saints. What is it, Sleepies? Right around 56 and a half? Yep. 56 and a half. We're going under. Here's what I see. Rams offense running the football. Heck of a lot more down the stretch here. I'm not sure they totally trust Goff. Last three games, the Rams have ran the ball 40 or more times all three games. They didn't do that, Bernie at all in the first 14 games. Defense for the Rams, better with Tlaib than without him. So much improvement there. Saints offense, we just uh, said, struggling down the stretch. Saints defense, here's my number one factor. Last nine games, Saints defense allowing 16 and a half points per game. If you expanded that out to a full season, that would be number one in the NFL in scoring defense under the total best bet for me. Spot on, Brad. And you're right on how they've Dumbed down, for lack of a better term, Jared Goff only threw the ball 28 times last week. Early in the year, he was slinging it all around a lot. Look at the first five games versus the last five games. Very quickly, RJ's best bet, Travis Kelsey under 80 yards. And uh, go back and listen to the, the show from Friday. He gave a very good reason why. It seems like a solid play. Steve Fezzik, his best bet, the first five and a half minutes, no score. And uh, I think, Brad, you probably would agree with that. Yeah, no score in the NFC Championship game between the Rams and the Saints. I'm sorry. Thank you for clarifying y that. Yep, no score in that one. And obviously, I agree with that one. I think you get conservativeness from the Rams on a road game with Goff. And on the other side, I don't think the Saints are taking an early deep shot down the field after that went awry last week against the Eagles. My best bet, very simply... I like the over Sony Michelle 78 yards. I think the Pats come out and run power against that defense. Belichick wants to play ball control, field position. I don't know that he wants to get into a shootout tomorrow, but I will tell you, Brady with his short, uh, his short uh, high-precision passing attack will open up running lanes for Sony Michelle as well. I like Sony Michelle over 78 yards. Brad, thanks so much for coming in tonight. Sleepy, thanks for everything you do. Folks, that is going to do it. For tonight's, this week's edition of Straight Out of Vegas, the Saturday weekend edition. But do me a favor, don't go anywhere. Up next, a man who is so formidable, if he mailed a letter without postage, it would still be delivered. Yup, it's my man, the inimitable Jonas Knox. Straight out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learned something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast.
Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.